Welcome back to Time Out with the Sports Doctor podcast, where life, sports, and medicine intersect. We're very glad that you continue to support this podcast. You can get the information on any platform uh, where podcasts are played, as well as getting the video content on YouTube. But if you want to just get one place to find all the content, go to my website at drgarrickthesportsdoctor.com and you will find everything on that website. So without further ado, let's get into this episode. All right, so welcome back to another episode of Time Out with the Sports Doctor. And everyone, go ahead, grab your popcorn, you know, grab your drink, whatever your favorite beverage is, because you're in for a treat today, that's for sure. We have CJ Beattie, who is a former professional baseball player. Um, he is the softball motivator, the baseball motivator. Um, as I mentioned, motivational speaker, you know, author, coach. I mean, where do you want to stop? We can stop or we can continue to go on forever. CJ, welcome to the show. I'm very excited to have you here. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate you. Hey, appreciate you, Doc. Yeah. yeah oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That's what it's all about, man. And yeah, the countdown of days to get on your show, man, and really keeping it real, you know? Yeah, no, I appreciate what you're doing. And anybody that's a friend of Derek Spike Richards is a friend of Derek Burgess. So, you know, the work that you guys are doing between Saber Bats and TSM and TBM is phenomenal, and I'm really for it. So I'm glad to see you guys link up. Yeah, definitely. Shout out to my boy Spike, man. Spike is on the oh, up yeah. and up, and you better get with that Saber Bats. Yeah. So you out there, I got to get his plug for a reason. All right. He was Saber Bats, man. It's a training bat that's unlike any other thing out there. So if you're a parent listening in or you got your young, a young baseballer or a young softballer and they're trying to perfect that swing, you got to get the right training bat. And that's Saber Bats, based out of Laurel, Mississippi. I'll have Tell them the bat. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the hardest man working in the bat industry, hands down. I don't... <laughs> This guy is amazing. So I was able to see him go from a sheet of paper. And then a week later, he shows up with this bat in his hand. I'm like, where does bat come from? He said, I made it. I'm like, Spike, what do you mean? He said, I just made this, you know, and I've been able to watch this journey over the last two years. And it's phenomenal. You know, he's got a patent on his bat and it's really starting to blow up. So it's been, you know, amazing for me to just have a front row seat to see it all come together. Yeah, definitely. It's it's special. I'm just, I'm glad I was able to partner with him, man, because I truly believe in it. I mean, that's what his slogan is. The slogan is when you swing it, you'll believe it, you know, yeah. so make sure you get it in your hands. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, you know, tell us about your story. You know, I know that you played on the professional level. I know that you are a Hall of Fame inductee from North Carolina A&T. So shout out to the HBCUs. Aggie Pride, uh, baby. Aggie Pride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, talk to us about kind of your backstory growing up, baseball, and that, that search for the professional leagues. I mean, I just tell it straight up like this, man. I was one of those baseball players at a young age simply because my mother didn't want me to play football because of the fact that she was just one of those parents that didn't want me broken up at a young age broken yeah. arms and all that kind of stuff she didn't want that it was cringeworthy to my mother and she was like let's play more of a less contact sport so being a good father that my dad was he listened to his wife I mean, he found baseball for me played other sports you know in the off season i played fall basketball and i played soccer i played all those other things like that but baseball was my thing. I started in 
age five in T-ball and worked all the way up, you know, and I figured out around nine, about nine or 10 years old, I remember in the kitchen telling my mother that I wanted to be a professional baseball player. And I was looking up to the likes of Ken Griffey Jr., Derek Jeter, even the old school players, Wade Boggs, Jeff Bagwell at the time. These are names that I remember that I don't like clearly remember, but I remember my dad telling right. me, hey, get in here and watch these boys hit. Uh, yeah. Tony Gwynn, see how he crouches down with two strikes and look what he does. You know, I remember those days, but my favorite by far was King Griffey Jr. You know, that swag that the kid yeah, brought sweet. to the game, <laughs> that element that he brought to the game, that excitement, the video games, the commercials. That was my guy, man. You know, I knew I wanted to be a professional baseball player. Didn't know how. I'm, I mean, I'm nine, 10 years old. Don't know. But my mother told me, if you want to do it, you're going to have to be smart and you have to work hard. With my dad being a truck driver, you know, he already put that hard work in oh, front yeah. of me 100%. and told me, you know, my mom was more of the nurturer and more of the mental. <laughs> my dad was more of the physical. Well, don't come in that house until you get everything right. And right. if I tell you to do 10 in a row and you miss on the ninth one, start over. I'm like, Pops, what do my hands hurt? Start over. <laughs> yeah. You know, but he instilled that hard work. He said, how bad do you want it? And he didn't understand baseball. He wasn't even a baseball player. He was a football yeah. guy but he understood the formula to success. And that was hard work. Being able to work past past uh, the gripe, past uh, the temporary pain and things like that. So I'm, I'm thankful for both of my parents being in my life. They were working together to provide. I saw the sacrifices, which instilled me to continue to push past because their sacrifices became my why. There you go. You know, it was one, and, and people got to understand that having a why is important and it's essential to the development of any dream because having a why is going to keep you in the game when adversity sets in. When somebody screams in your face that you're not good enough, when somebody leaves you off of the top list, when somebody uh, cuts you from a team, your why is what's going to keep you in the race. You know, so I appreciate them for all of that. But I went to North Carolina A&T after I got a full scholarship. I mean, before that, I attended Glenn High School. I got a full scholarship to go to North Carolina A&T. I had over 65 letters to go to any school in the country. Wow. And that's unheard of at this day and age. Yeah. I have a picture that was put in, in the local newspaper where I had all my letters spread out on the table and every one of them were, about 90% of them were handwritten. You know, and I, it's a blessing when I say that because I worked hard for it. I believed that I was going to be a professional baseball player. I believed in it and I wanted it and I couldn't stop smelling it and tasting it every single day. So I continued to grow, continued to hone my skills. I stayed three years at A&T, hit all conference, all three years. Bill Slugger, freshman All-American, the accolades came in. Junior year, my name got called by the St. Louis Cardinals. I got to pro ball. My ascend to pro ball was literally, if it was a line graph, it was like this. But when I got to pro ball, that line graph started to go down and it wasn't even my fault. Yeah. Cause I got introduced to the business at that point. And that's when adversity set in with me. And that's when that savage for success was born. So the person that I am today is because of the adversity that set in when I got to real life. So I, I got drafted by the Cardinals, stayed there for about a year and a half, got released, clawed and fought and did whatever I had to do to try to get back. And I wasn't being heard. And it took me about four to five years to get another opportunity. 
And I finally got one in my hometown of Winston-Salem. The White Sox signed me. And I'm thinking, like, this is it. Finally, I'm getting the opportunity. Sure enough, it wasn't. You know, they gave me two at-bats, and they put me on the Phantom DL for 21 days. Phantom DL for 21 days in my own hometown. Can you imagine telling wow. everybody in your hometown? Family and friends, right? Family and yeah. friends packing the stadium yeah. out, coming to see you, but you're on the DL, and you cannot – touch the field only for the national anthem. Wow. Yeah. So I asked for my unconditional release. Um, I went back to independent baseball and I blew up my quad and I hung them up because I just said, man, I, I got to go out on my terms, but I felt like God was really, whenever the quad went out, I felt like that was uh, the indication like this time I've had my fun in the sun. And at this point I've been already motivational speaking. So I just said, it's time for me to put all my eggs in that basket to help people. So that's the backstory of how I got to somewhat to here. Yeah, 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 man. It's crazy how our stories, you know, I always love talking to athletes because the search for a professional sporting career and the same journey to becoming a professional, whether it's a physician, a lawyer or whatever, is so similar because the name of the game is sacrifice and you have to sacrifice so much of your time, friendships, you know, whatever to get to where you want to be. And you have to devote so much of it that, you know, in the end, when it doesn't work out, it's like, man, I put all this time and all this effort into it. And here we are. You know, my parents, it's funny, you end up playing baseball because your mother didn't want you to get broken up. I ended up playing football because my parents wanted their summer and they were like, after T-ball, they were like, nah, baseball's out the door. So here I am, a 65 pound running back, you know, oh, never wow. got it. <laughs> but that was all right because I got my summers. But my dad was on me the same way about my grades, like you were talking about your dad was on you about sports. So when I was in the third grade, I was an AB student and he called me into the room one day I got my report card and he said, it's good what you're doing, making these, you know, A's and B's but I don't want any more B's. And I was like, dad, I mean, I got, I'm on AB on a roll. I'm devastated. I go to my room, I'm crying, but I, you know, he's knew that I, it was more in me than what I was giving. And for five, six more years, I never made a B again, but what if he never challenged me, you know? So it, now it's a little kind of taboo to challenge kids. Everything is kind of about everyone's a winner. Everyone, you know, you can go on these travel ball teams or whatever for the weekend and go away with a trophy or with a ring. Um, but I think there's still something to challenging kids. You know, I love listening to your content because you don't mind stepping on the toes. So, you know, if you're walking around the house barefoot, go ahead and put some shoes on, you know, yeah. lace up your cleats uh, because we'll probably step on some toes tonight. But that's mm -hmm. OK, um, because this is what people need to hear, you know, and it, it's about mindset at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what you're going for, you know, because you're going to be up and you're going to be down, but you have to have that winner's mentality. You have to have that championship mentality to keep pushing through the hard parts. Just like you said, you, you did this and then you got to the pros and it was a quick descent. You know, I got to through medical school and I've been chasing this dream for orthopedic surgery since I was 15, 16. And then we have to go through this process to get matched to a program and I don't get matched. So I'm sitting here like, okay, I have a, a position, I have this MD, but the dream that I wanted to be an orthopedic surgeon is now in jeopardy. So what do I do? You know, and I kept pushing for it. It worked out for me, but it, I had to put everything on the line. It was 
walk away from this dream or continue to pursue it. So, you know, there comes this time when you have to draw this line in the sand and that's really going to determine who you're going to be, you know, at that moment. So, you know, I appreciate you sharing, number one, your failures, because so many people just will share the success, you know, you can hide all the failures. But I think the way that you really connect with people is when you get down in that hole with them and say, look, I've been here, I've struggled, I failed, and, you know, I've come out of it on the top. So most, you know, the most relatable way people say, well, how, how can you relate to people? You got to share failures yeah, and how it made you feel vulnerability is what's the most relatable thing in the world like vulnerable being vulnerable because everybody at some point were vulnerable in some way shape or form and somebody came and pulled the rug out from under them whether that was the middle school dance whether that was the high school varsity team whether that was in college when you didn't get the internship that you wanted whether that was your first job when you didn't get that promotion Everybody at some point was vulnerable and wore their heart on their sleeve, but the rug yeah. got pulled out. So everybody, I don't care if you're a CEO, I don't care if you own your own practice, I don't care if you're a janitor, that's the relatable content within your life. That's the relatable story that connects us all. And that's yeah. the reason why I thrive in that area because I believe wholeheartedly, remember this, if you're, if you're listening to this podcast right here, right now, I would, I would encourage you to write this down. Never be afraid of failure because without failure, success becomes nearly impossible. Never be afraid of failure because without failure, success becomes nearly impossible. So when you think about that, if that's the case, then that's when I've adopted this mindset to embrace failure. I embrace it. I welcome it with open arms. Because I know that once failure leaves, wisdom is left, experience is left. So if you're telling me that rewarding things come after failure, some of the most breakthrough stories in the world came at the moment of almost giving up, then that means I got to run towards it because I'm tired of losing. I'm tired of waiting. But if you're telling me it's going through one of these doors that's going to punch me back, then I'm going to keep getting punched because I want to get there quick. I want to learn. I want to help as many people as possible, but I can't help it if I'm scared to get hit in the mouth. Yeah. So, man, all right. So we are at the point now, it's time to walk away from your professional career in baseball. I'm sure the easiest thing would have been to say, I have all these skills. I can coach kids. I can you know, teach them how to hit a ball. I can teach them how to catch a ball. But why was it that you chose to teach, train the mind? Why did you decide to be the softball and baseball motivator instead of just teaching kids how to swing a bat, how to throw a ball? One day we sat in front of my house and my cousin, one of the most influential people in my life is, is the same age as me. But he's introduced me to a lot of different things. He introduced me to Vandalia dressing. He introduced me to magic shell ice cream, you know, with the chocolate shell that hardens on it. Like I got all, I got turned. He was my plug growing up. Yeah. yeah. One day we sat in front of the house and I, at this time I was already motivational speaking, but I was doing it not in a professional way, which is more so what I did in the off season in between the minor league seasons. He sits down, he parks the car and he says, Hey man, I want you to listen to this guy. Me and our other friend named Amre said that this is going to be you one day, bro. 
And I said, man, let me hear this guy. And sure enough, he put on Dr. Eric Thomas. He put on E.T. Yeah. And I ain't never heard of E.T. at that point. E.T. had me fired up in the car. And he stopped the speech. He turned it down and said, bro, that's you. Like, sooner or later, E.T.'s much older than you. Sooner or later, E.T.'s going to phase out. And you're going to be the next wave. And I was like, you really believe so? I said, if you want to, you know, everything that you touch turns to gold, baby. If you want it, go after it, because we believe. And ever since that moment, I tapped in and I reached out to E.T. blindly and on, on Twitter. Wow. And he responded back with navigation to how to get there. He said, use the vehicle of YouTube. And this was back in 2009, 2010. Use the Nobody's vehicle. on YouTube. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He said, that right yeah. there is what's going to really help get your message out into new markets in front of new faces quickly without you even leaving your hometown. So I was like, all right. Bet I'm on it. Let's do it. Run it every Wednesday. But he said, hold up before you go. Understand this. Don't chase the views, bro. Just focus on. Somebody's got to listen to that. Yeah. Don't chase the views. Focus on consistency, because what you're going to become in pursuit of it is way more valuable than that physical equivalent. I said, dang. (laughs) Yes, sir. I received that and I did it. I ran the plan. I ran the play and it worked. I started getting, you know, business inquiries, speaking engagements off of YouTube and people saying, yo, I saw the video. I want you to do that. But that's how it all happened, man. I I became big on YouTube, big enough. And then I got to the point where this wasn't even born yet. The baseball motivator brand wasn't born yet. I was acting with Motivational Nuggets, my speaking company. But then all of a sudden I had an opportunity to meet a brother by the name of Tony Gaskins, Relationships. And he befriended me again on Twitter and Instagram and everything like that. We stayed in touch for about two years on and off, but we reconnected at at the right time. And it was the right time because I was in White Sox, spring training in Glendale, Arizona. Tony Gaskins just so happened to be doing a pop-up in Phoenix. So when I got done, I reached out to him. I said, hey, bro, I don't know if you're going to see this or not, but I'm in Glendale. I'm about 35 minutes from you. If I can meet you for dinner or do something, I just want to pick your brain. I got a couple questions. Um, I would love that. Sure enough, I tossed that rod out there and he, boom, got him. He was like, yo, man, I'm going to come scoop you at the hotel. Mm. <laughs> and, I, and I want you to open up for me tonight at this pop-up. I said, oh, shoot. Like, what? Are you talking about relationships? Yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I don't, you say, bro, it's going to be 10, 15 minutes. Just open up, you know, introduce yourself, make sure you're comfortable. And then I want you to bring me on. I said, man, that's phenomenal. Man, we went out to eat, and the, how everything came is just like this. I was instructed. See, one of the things that people need to understand, and I hope people receive this message the way that I did, that there's equations. There's success equations in life, and you'll be a fool not to follow. I learned a long time ago that when somebody that has been there, done that, tells me to do something, yeah, you better do it because they've been there and done that. You'll be a fool to say, I'm going to do it my way. How can you lead yourself to a place you've never been? So John Maxwell, one of my favorite authors and speakers, John Maxwell said, hey, you need to start going to lunch with your mentors. And if you can get a physical lunch, that's icing on the cake. But if you can't, take their audio book and listen to them at lunch. Go to lunch with your mentors. I had an opportunity to go to lunch with Tony Gaskins, dinner with Tony Gaskins. 
And you know what I did? I asked him the questions that John Maxwell told me to ask. I didn't sit there and ask him questions that I thought I needed to ask. Right. I, asked, <laughs> I told John gave me the blueprint and I just ran it. Yeah. And I said, hey, man, I want to take my brand to the next level. What are some of the things that you wish you would have done differently starting out in this industry? Can you tell me? And he told me and he says, why would you waste time recreating the wheel? Just learn from other people's mistakes and failures. And that's what you call a head start. So he told, he told me, he said, first things first. He said, I wasted time speaking to any and everybody. And that's what you're doing, CJ. He said, if you want to do this for a living, if you want to be a motivational speaker for a living, you can't just speak to any and everybody all the time because you're not deemed an expert if you do. Think of it, and he gave me the analogy. He said, look at it this way. A general surgeon gets paid a lot of money, correct? Yes, sir. But when that surgery happens on that eyeball, I think that guy gets a little bit more money than the general surgeon. <laughs> that brain surgeon gets a little bit more than that guy that's just going to cut open and uh, help you out with your broken leg. He says, when you become an expert in something, that's when they're going to pay you top dollar. And that's got me thinking. He says, and he got up from the table and said, I want you to think about what will somebody pay you $10,000 to speak about? Bro, at this time, D, <laughs> <laughs> hey, at this time I was making $500 thinking I was the man. This man yeah. asked me, what would I do? What would I speak about if somebody paid me $10,000? First of all, I was blown. I was like, what? Right. Who who making that? Right. Like, like, for real. Like I I don't know, but tell me and I'll start thinking about it. Right. Exactly. I'll start uh, exactly. speaking about it. But um, but to make a long story short, he came back from the bathroom. I said it has to be baseball. Because that's all I have at this time. I don't have my degree, you know. So what about me? Would somebody want to pay? Obviously, it has to be baseball because that's been my whole life. So right. I told him that and he was like, No, that's not enough. What inside of baseball is somebody gonna pay you that type of money? I looked at him and I said, it has to be something regarding the mental. And I'll tell you why, because I missed it when I played and I don't want nobody else to miss it. I got on that side of the fence and I thought it was all about bigger, stronger, faster. I thought it was right. all about the X's and O's, but I had nothing between the ears. He said, that right there is what you build your brand around. You build your message around that. You be the guy that people come to, to learn about the mental of baseball. And then that's when I came back two days later and they called me the baseball motivator. There you go. So 15. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So number one, entrepreneurship is about solving problems. The more problems you can solve, the more money you can make, right? And then the other thing about this story is you saw Eric Thomas, you reached out. You saw Gaskins, you reached out. What if you had said, you know, man, these guys are top of their game. They don't care who CJ is. You know, if you had to kept sell, telling yourself that never took that first step, what's the difference in your life? You know, where would you be instead of where you are now if you didn't reach out to these people? And then, like you said, when you, you know, you go to these courses or you go to the people and you hear them speak. And then what do you do with it? You walk away with a page full of notes, never to look at it again. Right. So you got to apply the knowledge. Like we say, knowledge is power. You no, know, the application of knowledge is power. You know, you can have it if you never use it. Is your life going to be changed? So, you know, that's beautiful. I, I love the way that you, you know, share your story, number one. And like you mentioned, you know, that's part of the motivational speaking, number one. I'm sure you can have your own course 
on how to speak and how to break that all down because of the way you lay it out. But let's talk about being a savage for success. The Sabre training bat is like no other training bat you've ever used before. So the purpose of the Sabre training bat with its modified barrel is so that you can perfectly sequence and get behind the ball, getting the bat on plane sooner, creating less miss hits, more line drives, higher batting averages, and more exit velocity. The Sabre training bat is the number one training bat on the market. Sabre bats, the training bat that's gonna take you to your best swing. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's one of those ET type. <laughs> it is, it is. I mean, I came up with that because I wanted people to understand, and this is a powerful message within itself. You know, when things like, when I got released from the St. Louis Cardinals, I'm like anybody else. I was bitter. Yeah. I was bitter. There ain't nobody getting released and feel like, oh, man, they made the right decision. You know, because everybody that's on the minor leagues chasing that dream, it's a dream that's bigger than you. Like, you're out there trying your best to get to that million-dollar status yeah. to deliver your family, to deliver right. your community. So whenever it comes down, it hurts. And I was bitter. To hurt. Yeah. I was bitter. I was sad. I was 21. I was young, no agent, nowhere to go. Like, you're gone. Adios, your flights later. Or drive home if you got a car. Right. But when I got older, man, I am so thankful for the St. Louis Cardinals. Because the man that I am today, the passion, the energy that you feel whenever you tap into C.J. Beatty and his brands. Or come to a speaking, it comes deep from that. Because that was my lowest point in my life, man. I was touted all the way up, 65 letters, ranked in the nation, draftable. All of this kind of stuff had baseball at my fingertips. So for them to pull the rug out from under my feet, that was the lowest point of my life. I'm 21 years of age with nowhere to go. 13 hours drive from West Palm Beach to North Carolina. I'm on I-95 with the windows down. No music. Mm. The only reason I had to stop, I could have drove from Florida to the top of Maine. The only reason I had to stop was to use the restroom and to get gas. If it wasn't for that, I could have still drove today because that's how lost you are. That's how in limbo your mind and emotions become whenever you're 21 years of age and you don't know where to go. But let me tell you something, halfway through that, that's when the savage was born. The savage was born halfway. I, dry, I dried those tears up and I looked myself in the freaking mirror and I said, you know what? They released a player they'll never see again. They released a player that they'll never see again. Not because I don't want to play for the Cardinals. They released a player because they're going to turn me into a beast. <laughs> they turned me into a beast. I said, okay, if I wasn't good enough, wait till this next version comes around. Yeah. It became a proving ground. Not just for myself, but I said, I'm going to prove everybody that counted me out wrong. And everybody that believes in me, right. So I'm thankful for those moments because a lot of people will never turn the page and not be able to look at baseball anymore, not be able to look at the Cardinals anymore. And I say, no, I'm thankful for them because everything that I have now, I'm instilling into my businesses, into my marriage, into my relationships, into my coaching, into my kids. They're learning how to be a savage for success. And they go after it wholeheartedly and they just push their chips in on everything that they got.
blood, sweat, and tears. You know what I'm saying? So that's where that mentality came from, that underdog mentality. That's where yeah. it is. And I thrive with being the underdog, bro. I love it. Yeah. 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 Man. Come on. So I'm the same way. I play with a chip on my shoulder, so to speak, because as I mentioned, not getting into orthopedics the first time. And then after you work so hard, you think, okay, I'm on this first job. Life is good. You know, I got this paycheck coming in and boom, right in front of your eyes, everything blows up, you know? So here I am within my first year saying, I worked all this time, I got this job, and now my hands are empty again, you know? So that day, I can tell you, January 8th, 2014, I will never forget that day because that's the day that the beast was born. And I said, never again will I feel this because I'm gonna do everything, I will outwork everyone, you know, I will do everything to a, a level that you will never be able to question, you know, my success, never be able to question anything. So, you know, I can feel exactly what you're talking about because I know when you taste it and when you feel it and you have to live with that and process it and carry it, it can change you for life if you accept it, you know. If you didn't accept it and never process it and say, okay, how can I change who I am today so this never happens again? I think that's the most important key to it. Yeah, I, I really do. And I, and I, you know what? I'll challenge you with this, D. And this is something that I would really, because I'm going to do it for me and I'm going to do it for my yeah. family. I would challenge you and everybody that's listening. The moment that you realize that your life changed on a specific day, I think it's imperative that you start to celebrate that day just like you celebrate a birthday. Don't just talk about that day. Celebrate that day. Yeah. Because the birthday that you're celebrating is just your birth on this earth. But you are not living until you had that day that you just named the 2014. That should be a monumental day. Not just your celebration of birth. Okay, great. Right. But the day that you figured out life, the day that you figured out you, the day that, because if that day didn't happen, this stuff that you have, that you're sitting in, that you call comfortability, it wouldn't be here. Right. So I think that's something that not only that you need to do for yourself, but when you start to celebrate it, the ones around you will start to celebrate that too. Teach yeah. them that. Teach them that same way. And that could be something that's generational that goes long after you're here, long after you're gone. They'll say, my dad had two birthdays. He had his born day. Then he had his mental born day. And we yeah, celebrated. Receive that. <laughs> feel what I'm saying? We celebrated that. them. Yeah. So they'll yeah. understand that. And these are things that gives me goosebumps to talk about because yeah. we always think about what are we going to leave behind yeah. and what will they leave behind? That little thing right there is what's going to really set the foundation for your family to come because they'll always say, why is this day so special? Well, this is when your grandfather figured it out. And I celebrate my day on August, such and such year, because that's when I figured it out. That was my day. Yeah. And then they'll explain it and it'll just keep trickling and keep trickling. Legacy. And that right there is how we make sure that we keep flattening the curve for our family. Yeah. Hey, I received that. I received that. I need to, I'll send you a check in the mail when you finish with this too. <laughs> but now that's beautiful for real. I appreciate um, that, man. But yeah, I mean, because it's the mental health, you know, people can teach you how to throw a fastball, a curveball. They can teach you how to hit the ball. but at some point, you're going to need that mental toughness. And who's teaching that, right? 
like you said, you took that up. I know Troy Horn, shout out to you. He's dealing with the mental toughness for the young athletes, but who's teaching that at the young level? You know, you might end up at a professional team that's got enough resources that they're going to have you a, a psychologist or a counselor, but who's really taking care of the mental health for these athletes? Because nothing's more sad than to see someone go through high school or college or whatever, and sometimes you get to get on the field because you're such a great athlete, not because people really care about you because the coach needs to win the game. So you're not given the tools for education that you need. And then you have to put down the glove or hang up the cleats and you have to face the real world on your own. And that's a sad time. And that's when people crumble. And that's when you can, you know, you see that kid who I always hate to see the kid who was a star athlete. And now five years later, he's standing along the side of the fence or you see him at the rec center and he's just hooping all day um, because there's nothing else for him to continue to do, you know? So that's where I'm so glad of the work you're doing to change that. And that's, you know, a passion of mine as well to challenge the kids. Hey, you know, let's get it together. What's your ACT? What's your career choices? All right. So you want to be an electrician. What steps do you need to take to do that? You know, you can't just say, Hey, I want to be a doctor for my rest of my life and never know the X's and O's that it takes to be a doctor or a lawyer or electrician or a plumber, come up with a plan. You have to have a plan. If not, you'll just kind of glide it through life and it's not going to happen for you. Yep. Yep. Very much so. You hit that on the head, bro. Yeah. So let's talk about your social media now, Socially <laughs> Global 365 that I just stumbled upon. Uh, talk <laughs> about your, your, your business there. Yeah, man. I, Realistically, I started Socially Global 365 because, like I said, I created everything from the mud. You know, I, I created all of my motivational speaking and my business started from an iPad, a dollar and a drink. That was it. I wasn't living off of any type of big signing bonus or minor league checks. I was making twelve, thirteen hundred dollars a month. So yeah. getting that iPad at 500 bucks hurt, but I invested mm -hmm. in myself. I didn't have a teleprompter. I had my mother holding up sticky notes close to the camera and trying my best not to make it look like I'm reading. You know, I, I started from the mud with this. So as I started to understand how to scale a business from social media, I started seeing other people making some mistakes that I learned along the way. By the time I got up to about, let me say about three or four years ago, actually three years ago now, I said, you know what? I want to get paid to help people not make the same mistakes I made in social media. And obviously I have the resume, the blueprint and the validity that I know what I'm talking about because I run a social media company, my a social right. media brand myself. So it's not like, Hey man, where's your degrees in this? I, my degree is that page right there that has a, uh, you know, that's reaching <laughs> 250 to 300,000 people a month. I think I, I got that down. So yeah. the entrepreneurship in me took over and was like, hey, man, if people are going to pay you to do what you would do for free, then that's where you need to be at. Yeah. I just love helping people. That's why I pursued motivational speaking because I said, man, they actually pay me to be a good friend. <laughs> yeah. They actually what pay I do me best. to just tell people that, hey, man, you can do it. Yeah. I said, yeah. Well, shoot, sign me up for that profession. You know, so we started Socially Global 365, man. We run social media for corporate companies, travel ball organizations youth sports organizations, you name it. We run the social media if it's a good fit and we help them scale their businesses, get more eyeballs in an organic way. 
so we have a full, you know, we have a full team, man. You know, that social media managers, we have uh, graphic design artists, videographers, photographers. We got the whole nine. We travel around the country. We got clients in other states. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's there, man. And it's just a tremendous blessing. Yeah, and your content is excellent. You know, if you have not gone to his page, we'll get all that information for you. Go check it out. His content is excellent. But speaking of content, I can't let you get off this episode without let's talk about it's not the arrow, it's the Indian. <laughs> let's talk about that for a second. Oh, yeah. I did a video not too long ago. It's not the arrow, it's the Indian because I got too many travel ball parents. And when you call a travel ball parent, these are the parents that travel in their sports. Um, out of town, 30 minutes away, whatever it is, you're just always on the road for your game. So you're classified as a travel ball parent. That could be soccer, whatever sport, your travel ball, you're traveling for your kids. Some of the travel ball parents out here need to stop. They need to stop, man. Look at themselves in the mirror and I'm going to call you out and I'm going to call you out again on the podcast right here, right now. <laughs> it's not the arrow, it's the Indian. You'll see a kid on your team. Let's take baseball, for example. A kid will hit a home run. Your son will come up to you. Dad, I need that bat. No, he don't. He need lessons. His swing is $2. And you about to go out here and buy a $500 bat just because you, A, want to be that parent that says, yeah, we got the newest bat. But I'm going to be that parent that's going to be beside you and say, yeah, but your son got a $2 swing, so it ain't going to help. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that's what we talked about in that episode is getting people to understand, man, what you're investing in. So many times parents put so much trust in the coach. The last time I checked, YouTube was free. You might have to press skip ads a couple of times, but it's free. Right. YouTube University is free enrollment. We search for every other thing we need help with, but when it comes to understanding, oh, I didn't play baseball, so I'm just gonna, well, God dang, go to YouTube, type in in the search bar how to play. How to do, we do everything. YouTube is the second largest search engine after Google. You can learn anything on YouTube. So stop putting your hands up saying, I didn't play baseball. How about you get in the game and understand that your son has a $2 swing and it ain't gonna get no better going to practice once a week. Oh, but he goes to practice every week. But let me tell you something, you got one coach in an hour time frame, 15 kids. Your son ain't getting the adequate practice that he needs. So invest. Take that $500 and go buy you a five-pack of lessons so he can understand the foundation of the swing. So then whenever he gets the $500 back, he could be able to take control of the benefits of having that $500 back. But a $2 swing with a $500 back is equal zero. I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> I mean, was, we learned that in elementary school. Five times yeah. five times five times zero equals what? Zero. <laughs> that's what it is. $500 bat, $500 glove, zero times zero work ethic times zero ability times zero that. What do you have? I rest my case, Your Honor. Right. <laughs> yeah, man. It's funny because I'm, I'm sitting at these Little League baseball parks. My daughter comes home and she says, hey, such and such has a ghost bat. I'm like, What's the ghost bat? You know, my wife was like, that's a $400 bat. And the baby's sitting up at the home plate and she looks like a ghost at home plate. Yeah, exactly. Just like, I, I hope nobody can see me because I'm not going to swing this bat for anything. You know, and they got these Maruchi bats and they got all these big bats. And, you know, I was sitting there practice one day and the dad was telling me, 
oh man, da 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 da. I'm like, look, number one, I'm gonna listen to you out of respect, but I have no clue what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And you're definitely not impressing me because I'm not that dad. <laughs> but yeah, you know. But I see when your son gets up to the plate. I'm not here to judge anybody, but he's not comfortable swinging that bat, mm-hmm. even though you spent whatever amount and it makes you feel good. But yes. you know, there's so much emphasis, like you mentioned, placed on products and placed on all the things that do they really matter in the end, you know, but making sure your children are healthy, making sure that their mental health is healthy. You know, you like you mentioned, paying for a lesson instead of paying for a bet. It's not rocket science, right? You got to learn how to play the game correctly. Don't wait, rely on a product. I mean, let me think about it. But you know what's crazy, though, is that we're wired and we already freaking know this. As right. people, we know this. Because we wouldn't try that on a job. Right. Yeah. I'm not yeah. going to hire you to be my videographer because you got an a, uh, Sony yeah. A7 III. Oh, yeah. man, this is the guy. Are you going to look at his work first? No. Nice. <laughs> that camera. Nice camera. We're good to go. He's hired. Yeah. Take on the Nike contract with us, please. I'm sure they'll be. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know who he is. He just has the nice uh, equipment. Right. No, it don't work that way. But why does it work that way for you? And come on, man. Yeah. Yeah. People don't think, man. People don't think it's not the arrow, it's the Indian. That's it. That's it. Well, CJ, look, on time out with the sports doctor, this is your final timeout. Like number one, as I predicted, this episode is full of nuggets. You know, I know what I'm taking away is celebrate that mental birth date, you know as well as go to lunch with your mentors, you know, whether or not you can physically get with them or you got to take them to lunch on an audio book, which is probably the way I'm going to take them to lunch, you know, because I'm going to take them to lunch and breakfast as I'm driving my truck. But yeah, you know, that's what I'm taking away. So, but what I want to do is have you speak to that young athlete who, you know, they're starting to see, man, this is the end. I have, you know, they're going to feel like I have no other skills. I worked all my life to get to this point. Now what? So just speak to that kid or the young athlete or the athlete at the end of their career who doesn't know where to turn. Man, if I could tell that person, you know, something that's really going to get it, man, is that I would tell them to not give up on team sports or their dreams. I know sometimes, you know, for example, high school season could end. You could be a senior and you're like, what's next? Do yourself a favor and take the time to find what's next. Dreams. If you, uh, when a person stops dreaming, they're dead. Mm. I don't care what your age is. Dreams never stop. They change. They change. That's what they simply do. And if you have a person that has stopped the dreaming mechanism in your mind, then you're dead to the world. So if you're a player today that feels like you've been wronged by the sport or a coach or anything like that, change the dream, but don't stop the dream. Change the dream. If you're a parent on here today and your dream was to be in the NFL, you could be up there in age where that dream is over, but it just needs to be changed. So many times people, especially parents, when responsibilities start to stack up, when the mundane lifestyle comes in, their dreams, one of the most popular things that you hear parents say is my dreams are now my kids. But I get that. It's stereotypical to say. It sounds good. But I'm that person that's telling you that that's not enough. 
it's not enough for you to say, I live vicariously through my kids now and I'm gonna make sure that they are, no, that's not enough. If you're a parent on here today, I need for you to continue to get, I need you to prime that old diesel up and get that dream factory going again because your yeah. kids are watching you. Find something else that's gonna motivate you and drive you because they're watching you. Whether they tell you or not, they're watching you. So continue to dream. Continue to share that dream. Continue to take them to that dealership and say, this is the next car that we're getting as a family. Even if it's not a family, even if it's for you, tell them like, look, this is my dream car right here and I'm doing what it takes. When I open up another practice, when I get another home in my real estate, when I get this promotion, this is what I'm going after because that's the type of mentality you want to instill into them that I can't get it now, but I'm working hard towards it. And if they can bury you in the ground with that mentality, they'll be buried right next to you with the same. So that's my message. Don't stop dreaming. Dreams never stop, they change. Dreams never stop, they change. I have nothing else to say. <laughs> CJ, tell everybody how they can follow you, you know, how they can reach out to you if they want to work with your company. Yeah, let them know. Man, just a... Hey, First of all, appreciate the opportunity, man. Thank you for having yeah. me on. People can rock with me. If you want to get me as a motivational speaker to light up your business in a corporate area, your mid-level workers, your leaders, whatever, cjbaity.com. Fill out the form. Learn more about me on there. We can get on the Zoom and talk about customizing an event for your team, your workshop, whatever it is. Travel organizations, sporting groups, whatever. But a lot of my daily content is held on Instagram and my Facebook. Make sure you follow me at CJ Beatty 44 daily motivation Just stepping on toes. We keeping it real, but I, I love it. I love helping people. I'm addicted to helping people. So let's make sure that we stay connected. And I hope if you heard me from this podcast, make sure you follow me, send me a message and I'll follow you back, man. So I appreciate everything you got going on about it. I appreciate you. And Hey, take CJ to lunch for sure. It'll definitely pay off. <laughs> Hey, I appreciate your time. I know your little one is ready to get her daddy back, so I'll let you roll. All right, I appreciate it. Y'all have a blessed one. Thank you for continuing to support this podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, then please leave a five-star review. And if you haven't done so, subscribe so you continue to get the updated episode. Until later, peace. Trust you don't want to miss, this is where life sports and